All right. <laughs> Here we are with the final chapter. <laughs> the final chapter in our series. What happened in India? I hope you've been following along. I hope you've been enjoying. What a hell of a ride it's been. <laughs> a hell of a ride. So, this final chapter is called Born Again. And there's a few different things that I'll say about Born Again. Just quickly, and I hope it's not too technical. Now, I hope it's not too technical. The thing is that in Christian mythology, or the Christian tradition, there's this idea of born again. And traditionally, the idea there is that you get baptized. And how baptism works, or how it's really meant to work, or the effect it's meant to have, is that you go to a river and the preacher man is there and you go in and you say, I want to be atoned of my sins. I want to be done with all my bad stuff and to come to God, to have this realization. And you walk into the river and then the priest says some words and then he grabs you and he dunks you under the water. And... If he's any good, if the priest is hip to what's happening, he'll actually hold you under the water for a little bit. Just long enough for you to think, for a second, ah, is he actually going to let me up? Or am I going to drown? And then there's this moment of, oh, I might drown. And just as you think that, he pulls you out of the water and you take a fresh breath of life and it's like, Ah, right? And then that's the moment of, ah, you're born again. There's something about your death that's come on. There's something about new breath and new life that's come on. And that's the process of the Christian mythology or the Christian tradition of being born again. Now, if we look at this from a psychological point of view, born again occurs not just once, but between each stage of development that you're going through, right? Now, traditional values and dogmatic religion normally has the born-again moment between the impulsive emotional stage of development and the conformist role rule-following stage of development, right? You go from being this really bad, er, grubby sort of person to, ah, now I'm following the rules, now I'm alive. And what a lot of the dogmatic believers don't realize is that there's actually a stage beyond that, which is the rational scientific mode, right? So if you go from traditional religion to scientific rationalism, that's a kind of born again. I've come to my new senses and then, of course, the rationalists don't realize that, well, beyond that, there's the postmodern 
stage of development. Now I have this new outlook. I now care for more people. I now understand there are multiple perspectives. And of course, the story goes on that <laughs> the postmodernists don't realize there's a stage above them, right? So this thing of being born again really has two meanings. It's the being born again as a new experience and the born again as moving through the stages of development, which happens again and again and again, multiple times. And it's structural, it's deep, it's sort of slow moving. And it's always put down to these sort of single significant moments, these single shifts that occur in life. And I was sort of aware of all that before going to India. And I mean, it's all, it's all too technical. It's all too sort of intellectual, that, soul, that whole sort of explanation of born again. And I sort of did away with all that. I wasn't really being analytical when I was in India. I was just being experimental and experiential. So I decided <laughs> for the last course in my last few weeks at Osho International Meditation Resort, I would do the course Born Again. So Osho created this course. And what it is, is it's one week long, two hours every day. And in the first hour, you behave however you wanted to behave when you were a child. Whatever you wanted to do as a child, you do. And the only thing is, no hurting or touching the other people in the group. <laughs> and then the second hour, you sit silently. So, I did that group and... <laughs> there's still actually quite a lot of interaction in the group. You can actually do quite a lot without touching someone. <laughs> and as with all of these groups, as with all of these Osho groups, you sort, of, you sort of get the instructions and then you sort of think like, well, how do I do that? Oh, well, what could I do? I guess I could do this. I guess it would look like this. And you, you sort of you sort of think about it and you sort of have a little bit of resistance to it and there's some confusion in there. And it's like, okay, so that's how I was going into it. But then when it starts, all of that just goes out of the window, right? Somehow something clicks and it just happens, right? I put it down to, well, if you allow consciousness to be how it wants to be, it will branch out into all sorts of areas and all sorts of ways that are far beyond your prediction and your idea or your mind. So, born again was like that. It was just this switch where it just happened. And the things that happened in that group, <laughs> the things that happened, you, you can't explain you just cannot explain it. There's no story. There's no sort of way around it. And it's just, it's just beyond, it's beyond words. 
like so many of these groups are. It's just beyond words. And I was really glad I did it. I was really, I, I really thought it was a good thing to do after Path of Love because Path of Love for me was very intense, very heavy, and really had like a lot of, a lot of heaviness to it. And then with, with Born Again, I was able to just sort of just ease up a bit more and just become a bit more relaxed and be a bit more playful and just like, you know, don't be so serious, don't be so so rough on yourself sort of thing. So, yeah, it was a really good good thing to do. And then beyond just the course, right, there was like the daily routine of like being in the resort nonstop in the peak of the season, right? And this was all systems go. It would be like six o'clock dynamic, seven o'clock morning a class, eight o'clock breakfast, nine o'clock music rehearsal, because we were doing music every day at that stage. And rehearsal might be anywhere from like 20 minutes to three hours. And then it was like, okay, lunchtime. Okay. Swimming time. Okay. Afternoon practice or afternoon meditation. And then it would be setting up the music or sound check. And then it would be, okay, home for dinner and then shower for evening meeting and music. And then it would be evening event, right? It might be the karaoke night or it might be the comedy night or it might be the art night or any number of other things that go on or the evening meditation, right? So these are jam-packed days. These are full days. And me and my girlfriend, we were sort of, going between staying in the resort and her place, which was down the road. And every day was different. Some days, like I remember there were a couple of days there was I, where I was DJ on the like 11 o'clock dance in the day. And it was like going from, it, 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 you know, you'd have those days where I had to, I had to run from one thing to another like literally run across the resort and arrive like just in the nick of time to start on time. And then when it was over, like run to leave to get to the next thing, right? <laughs> and, it, and it was like, you know, this does happen actually pretty often. I'm not the only person in that situation in that resort. There were other people working at that sort of pace as well. <laughs> and it would be like some... I remember one guy, he came up to me, he's like, hang on, weren't you just over there? And now you're over here? And then I would be like, over there again. And it's just like, oh man, what a schedule, what a trip. And then, of course, you've got your moments where you're with your friends and you're talking and you're just relaxing as well, right? So it's also very festive, very celebratory, if I can say. And yeah. At the end, at the very end, the, the season was starting to come to a close. Like people had sort of come and gone who had come there for a month or two. And it was starting to sort of wind down. I was staying for the whole sort of, I stayed there till late February. So I got to see the whole peak season. And my girlfriend actually had to leave and go back to her 
family for some time. So I had my last few days alone. I had my last few days there just sort of becoming quiet again and just realizing that this was the end. This was the end of a very, very significant trip that would take a long time to integrate. And I knew I wasn't going to be coming back anytime too soon because my visa was running out and I did feel like, you know, money was starting to become an issue. I did need to make some money and, well, that's still an issue in in many ways. (laughs) But, yeah, there was just, there was just too much, too much to really say. And even in this talking that I've been telling you, I really only told about probably 10% of the story. And it's the nature of the story that, it's the nature of any story that when you make your way through it, you sort of have these details that you tell and you sort of have to keep going through it and then picking up little details And for me, I feel like I've only got a couple of the details and I still remember like so much more. And I'm sort of sitting here feeling like, ah, I could have told this story better. I wish I was a, a better storyteller to convey the ideas, to convey the narrative and to sort of squeeze those details in. And really... What's largely missing from this story, like I've been telling you, is the people, right? I've had to sort of hold them at arm's length throughout the story because I don't want to I don't want to say anything about them too much because it's so intimate and because it's so personal and I don't want to name any names, right? And maybe that that would be the good thing about writing this as a story because then I can write fictional characters or I can fictionalize the characters to create some sort of privacy and then I can go into the dialogue more right because I can remember so much I can remember these conversations sometimes word for word I can just have them in my mind in my experience and yeah like I could sort of I could sort of see now like like for me to have this experience and then to try and convey it to someone else I can sort of see the same connection between like what is it like for someone to be enlightened and then to want to convey that to the rest of the world <laughs> right like what what would it be like to be an enlightened person to have such an out-of-this-world experience of life and yet to try and sort of bridge that to the common masses, to the common herd, to the common peasants that are you and me. <laughs> and I sort of see that. And I also, I also can just be okay with it, right? It doesn't, it doesn't kill me that people don't understand. It doesn't really matter that much that no one really knows the story. It doesn't really matter, right? I can't get too precious 
over this story. And that that is a lesson that I've learned, right? Because really, where is it now? Where is this story that I've told you? Is it here? Is it in you? Is it in me? Where is it? It's gone. It's gone for me right now. I have absolutely no sense of it. At all. Right? It's just poof. Like a... Like a little fart in the wind. (laughs) It's just gone. The whole thing is gone. Completely gone. And it's so small, too, when it returns. It's so... So tiny. It's... It's microscopic compared to what's happening right now. Compared to this... Compared to what I can see, and if you look around, I'm sure what I'm doing here is microscopic, right? It's so easy to sense how small what I'm doing is and what is happening just in this one tiny location. You only, you only have to look around. That's all you have to do. And listen around or listen, listen to the other sounds. And it's, it's gone. It's all gone. Just like that. It's kind of freeing in a sense. <laughs> so there is one more thing. I just wanted to say before finishing up, and this is like the thing of where was Osho in all of this? Because I haven't really, I don't feel, said much about Osho the man himself. And there is this thing at the resort which sort of downplays Osho. It sort of, it sort of tries to keep him to the periphery, right? Now, of course, he is there. He is foundational to it. Because, of course, we go into the evening meetings, right? So he's talking on the screen every night. And everyone knows he invented all the meditations and things. And all the buildings have Osho written on them. But you do also get this sense that, well, it's actually up to you. It's possible to go into that resort without any real interest in Osho and yet to do the transformative practice and to get the results, right? It really does have nothing to do with Osho. It really does only have to do with you. Now, of course, most people are drawn to that place because of Osho, because of his teachings, because of his talks. And that's that's fair enough. I mean, you can't really argue with that. And you might say, well, there's this thing of, is it a cult? Did you get sucked into a cult, right? Like I've told these stories to you. You're thinking, well, you might think, or some people might think, you know, this whole thing of extravagant highs and then extravagant lows and this emotional roller coaster and penetrating into your being. That sounds like they're manipulating you. 
That sounds like they're coming after you and controlling you. You've been brainwashed, right? Well, no, because first of all, you can leave whenever you want to leave. It's entirely your responsibility. And furthermore, there is so much about individual responsibility. There is so much about individual empowerment, individual path. It's all about you. It's just like I learned on my first day. It's got nothing to do with Osho. It's all about you. So, yeah. And I mean, the other sort of thing is it is expensive. (laughs) I spent a lot of money doing all this. So these are not only just difficult lessons emotionally and energetically, but also financially, right? And who knows if it will be like this in the future? You know, that resort is always changing, especially now. And, you know, I imagine I imagine it's sort of like the Esalen Institute, right? If you go to the Esalen Institute, you'd get a lot of transformative practices there. And, you know, that's founded by some heavyweights like Fritz Perls, Abraham Maslow, Terence McKenna. You know, these sorts of people were there, these sort of head figures. And now it's expensive, but if you go there, you do get the results. So maybe it's like that, and maybe I'm just fond for it because of my own experiences. And the experience, the experiences are personal, right? It could only have happened that way in that time to me because of the time, because of the circumstances, because of how I was, right? It's never going to happen that way again. If I go back there, and I do plan to go back there, it will not be the same. And if you were to go there, of course, it would not be the same, right? You'd have completely different realizations. You'd have completely different experiences. And that's the beauty, right? That's the beauty. It takes a kind of it takes a kind of genius to realize that. Right? Some people just don't get it. Some people won't have that experience. Some people, no matter what, it just will not break for them. And the vast, and I mean, I mean, the vast majority of people haven't even heard of this, right? 99.999% have not even heard of such things. They haven't even heard the stories. Out of the people that have heard these stories, a smaller fraction have it resonate, right? Most people would just tune out. We'll say, what's going on? It's too weird. It's too weird. And out of the people who have it resonate, fewer still really just come back and embody it and really live up to it and break through in a real significant sense. So, that's a little bit... (laughs) about my journey to India. 
and I hope I haven't <laughs> I hope I haven't started preaching too much. I mean, what am I going to do? I'm a preacher, can't change it now, so may as well accept the fact. So apologies if I've gone into that too much, but and I mean also for the technical stuff. I mean, I guess I I guess I should say sorry, not sorry, right? <laughs> I can't help myself. We will we will get technical again later on in the future, believe me. There's no problem with that. There's no doubt about that. It's going to happen again. And it was good to come home. It was good to have some moments to be like, okay, now I can work on some things. Because as great as it was being in this this ball of adventure, this massive sphere of adventure, there were things starting to grow in me that I wanted to do, right? I wanted to do my creative projects. I wanted to talk publicly. I wanted to create music. I wanted to paint again, right? I wanted to do some graffiti again. I wanted to do some murals. I wanted to do drawing. I wanted to do all sorts of things. I wanted to create online courses. That was a major one. I wanted to say, okay, I've got these ideas like the Doster Method. I want to teach that. I want to actually be able to convey that to people, right? This whole thing that we talked about with the eye movements and the aligning awareness with perception, right? It's it's too technical to get into here, but that's what I wanted to create. I wanted to create that online course and actually start teaching, actually start putting out, actually start giving back from what I've learned. So, yeah. It's the story of my life. <laughs> and it's also just a cloud in a dream that's now disappeared. <laughs> so, yeah. That concludes the series, guys. Thank you so much for coming along. Amazing. Amazing that you've listened. If you have listened to this whole thing, please do tell me. Either leave me a comment, send me a message in some way. Please do tell me because I honestly still don't know if there's anyone listening at all. And if you've listened to the whole thing, then you've seen a very special side of me. You've seen something very intimate, very personal. So please do tell me. Tell me what you think. Just just a quick message to just say, look, I listened to the whole thing. Thanks very much. I'd really appreciate that. And also, do share your favorite episode with a friend. Do try and help me with some exposure because it's it's still very slow going at the moment and that would really help me. I'd really appreciate that. So thank you very much. And you can check out my online courses. There will be links somewhere in there. So it is happening. There is work to be done. In many ways, Hero's Journey is just the beginning right? Once you've had those realizations, we have to integrate them. We have to work. We have to push forward. We have to actually live up to that glory, live up to that higher self. And I'd be happy to do Q&A if there's going to be any questions about this series. I doubt that there will be enough of a response, but if there is Q&A, do send me your questions and I'd be happy to respond to them. And then the last thing I'll say is that 
I'd like to just remind again of the dedication of this series. And that is that this series is dedicated to a buyer. So if you're out there, <laughs> if you're listening, all of this series, all of these stories have been for you. So thank you very much. Warm feelings from the heart. It's all love. Thank you. Have a wonderful day. And that's all I have to say for now.